welcome to the People's Show on a Canucks game day, coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech, Canada's favorite orthotic provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet? What are you waiting for? Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. I'm Bick, Elon, Victor, behind the glass, running the show today. You, texting in, 650-650, into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Dunbar Lumber. Three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. Busy day on the show today. We will talk to Kyle Bukoskis, Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada host and reporter. We'll talk to Barclay Parnetta, the People's GM, your Vancouver Giants GM, who are crushing right now. Talked to Manny Viverush last week. You've heard the Giants reports here on our station. They are on a roll, so we will get to uh, Barclay in the second half of the show and chatting to both gentlemen down the Dispatch Plumbing Heating and Air Conditioning Hotline, the first call, the only call. It is Canucks game day. Sneaky bit. I, I don't know if uh, we, we'd classify this as uh, how do they do against the top teams, but feels like there's some stakes in this game. Elon Victor behind the glass. There's some, some, some buzz into this one here. Yeah, I mean, three dropping three in a row. That Like, that's why, right? This is We got to get a win here in Seattle. For, for, for the moments, we talk about, like, the moments of adversity. It's like, oh, okay, they had the moments of adversity. To break them, to overcome it, is you, you, you have to psych up the moment. Yeah, and, and Bick, this is a huge game for Seattle as well. That's the thing, right? To make it a big game, you got to have equal stakes. It'd be one thing if they're losing three in a row and they got Ottawa on the schedule or something like that. They're 14 points back, and it's like, ah, they're, they're in the get-the-cookies stage of their season. This is Seattle loses tonight as they're scraping here. The three points out right now, St. Louis also plays tonight. They're at the wild card line. So if Seattle loses tonight, St. Louis wins. We're talking five points out. With 25 games to go, that's really difficult to overturn. And throw in the fact, we're waiting for these big Pacific Northwest moments to battle. You got the number one team in the league. You got this scrappy team trying to get to the wild card line. This feels like one of the first big rivalry moments we've had in this series. Obviously, the first one in Vancouver, the first one in Seattle, they're, they're all important. But this one, to me, is... is the, the first true, there's stakes on the line. We, we don't need pageantry of some celebration of first team in the building or something like that. This is like a, a first big Seattle versus Vancouver game where both teams are having decent seasons. Obviously, the Canucks past couple having their struggles. But tonight, yeah, this is absolutely a big game going into tonight because they got a rebound. The three in a row really bums you. And you heard from JT today. Maybe we'll play some of it in a bit. Uh, there's an expectation that they have to stop the bleeding as soon as possible. So, big game. And we wouldn't, you know, we've used the, the, the stat. You've heard me put it out and, and say it 10 6 and 2 now versus teams in the top 10, the next best 10 teams in the NHL. And we use that while some people have, have texted in and say, hey, they don't beat Boston, they don't beat Vegas, they don't beat Colorado and all that. And those are all factual. Everyone's got their moments for big games. We won't use this one as the 
big games, but we really should, and we should we should have the context of of this kind of game uh, when we have those discussions of are they primed, are they clutch enough? Essentially, is what we're getting down to. But this is a sneaky big game tonight. Puck drops at seven o'clock here on Sportsnet 650. Batch Randeep will have your call. Sat down on the pregame show uh, at six o'clock. TV pregame too, I believe, as well at uh, six thirty. Uh, getting the head nod behind the glass. So there we go. I got bumped off the TVs anymore, so I, I don't know what the schedule is anymore. Uh, and also uh, myself and Sat on intermissions all throughout the evening. Thirty. This one, first text in on the People Show, 650-650. Uh, Ilya Mikheyev, 19 games played, four assists, not to mention costly turnovers that led to crucial goals. He should be scratched. Well, the big news in the lineup today is R.S.D. Baines from AHL call-up. Actually, we can go even back further. We can go from undrafted to AHL regular to AHL call-up, AHL all-star in there, uh, NHL debut to now R.C. Baines' top six NHL players skating with J.T. Miller and Brock Besser today. The glow-up has been fantastic for R.C. Baines. And like we were saying yesterday, and as you noticed, he was, he was very impactful in his ice time the other night, but it wasn't just that he did something. It, it, it's he showed something that resembled what his game is. If, if he just came in there and did a couple of things that, you know, staples or whatever you want to call them, but it, it felt like you got a good impression of what Arshneet Baines is right away. You knew he was a bit of a playmaker. You knew he has a high motor, and he showcased those really in period one. Ball gets that shot on, on Gorgiev and decent opportunity. Sets up an, another couple for Teddy Bluger, and, and you just got the sense, okay, this guy wants to make things happen. He's, he's energetic. He's going to make things happen. So immediately you, you see his personality on the ice, and uh, a nice little reward here for Arshdeep Baines from Rick Tockett as well. But now this is the issue, right? It, it's one thing to play 13 minutes on the fourth line, play credible minutes, don't make mistakes. And we can say, hey, he deserves to be there. He's earned the opportunity. He absolutely has. Now we we, we got to be fair with it. But Nils Hoaglander plays top six, and we say, got to score goals. And he's having a Cy Young season, 17 goals, and he's doing his thing in the top six. Ilya Mikheyev gets roles in the top six, and we say, you got to produce. And there's a lot of claims that he's not producing, and it's valid, so he goes down the lineup. So this is no longer just like, oh, it's a fun story. When you're getting top six – you got to do something here. Yeah, the expectations for being on a line with JT Miller, who yeah. is going to have high expectations himself, and then Brock Besser, who mm-hmm. slowed down a little bit. But that's a line that you have to be making plays. You got to be making the right plays. And we know Talkett's going to hold him to that because we see Mikheyev, and, you know, his ice times, it stayed the same. He's gotten his opportunities, but he's not producing. Yeah, he's not producing. And PDG was there at the start of the season, right? It started nice, and then it faded out. And that's just what happens here. So. It goes from amazing story, and it obviously still remains an amazing story, but now there's like, hey, this opportunity requires also some production. He doesn't need to do it tonight, but if there's a three-game runway here, that's that's what becomes the focus. No longer of avoidance of mistakes. The focus becomes you really got to do this one uh, in these next couple of games, but just a tremendous opportunity for Archdeep Bain sliding into the top six. You can chime in. Uh, with what you think about that, into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Uh, and also, a couple of changes to the power play. 
Uh, I want to touch on the power play in general later on in the show because uh, it looks like Philip Peronik is going to be taken over on power play one uh, with Lindholm getting bumped out. But I'll have some numbers for you later on in the show where where I think some issues can be. And we've all got valid points on it. You know, we want to see JT Miller touch the puck more. We want to see just guys back in their regular spots. Maybe isolated one player in particular who... Uh, needs to show up a bit more on the power play with some stats I'll, I'll have for you uh, in the second half of the show. But when you look at those big four guys, Besser, Pedersen, Miller, Hughes, those are the four. It's Lindholm who slipped off uh, in, in practice So we'll uh, or at, at morning skate. So we'll delve into that more on the back half of the show. But right now, across the league, uh, we'll chat with Kyle Bukoskis here in just a moment. Across the league, he did it again last night. And... Austin Matthews just keeps filling the net, just keeps doing it. We're at 51 now for Austin Matthews. This is historic stuff in, in an era where, obviously, goal scoring is better suited than we've seen with technology, and then the goals are going up and the save percentages are going down. Austin Matthews is just a class above everyone. We were looking this up pre-show because there was a time when Brock Besser – and Austin Matthews were one goal apart. It's not even that far, 69 days ago. Austin Matthews is at 23. Brock Besser was at 22. Brock's at 31 now. He's got nine goals in that span. Austin Matthews has scored 28 goals in that stretch. That's a season's worth for some people. And Austin Matthews has got 28 and 27 games. A uh, man who's got a front row seat to a lot of it is Kyle Bukoskis, who joins us now. Sportsnet, Hockey Night in Canada, host and reporter uh, joining us. Kyle, how are you? Hey, good, Vic. How you doing? Uh, fantastic, as always. Talking to Kyle down the Dispatch Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Hotline. Uh the, 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 this run, um, you know, you've seen fantastic seasons from Austin Matthews and and guys across the league. But this run, like, like, what is the impression that you get from other players in the league as 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 you see this happen in real time? Like, I mean, it's just a collective like head shake. Like, there's really no other way to properly articulate what what he's he's doing, right? Like, you've got to go well into the the history books here now um, to find a, an equal comparable and. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not up on the all the the score adjusted metrics that uh, we see so often now, and, and I'm I'm not I'm not but like yeah. when you when you bring that into the equation, I, I, I mean, can't it, even it imagine becomes the, even yeah. it becomes even more incredible, right? Um, so I, I just think it's 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 obviously the volume that he's doing it, and also just like where he's scoring from, like mm-hmm. and, and number fifty last night was uh, just such a great example of that, where he's again you know on his on his offside about you know ten. 12 feet from the goal line where an area that you're not supposed to even be considering scoring from. Um, and he's done that you know, a number of times this, this year. It's just it's unreal. Like one thing to be uncorking one timers from that side of the ice is he's become more and more of a, a threat to do, but um, just the, the deception and, and where his hands are on his stick uh, and not seeming to be a, a shooting threat at, in one second, and then a blink of an eye, it's 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 past the goalie and, and into the net. Um, I mean, it's kind of when he first came into the league. You know, that was that was one of the obviously the the release and, and the velocity that he had behind his shot, but it was also you know the the de- deception and his ability to change angles. And as he's evolved as, as a player and as a shooter, I mean, that deception has just become more and more lethal, and it's kept defenders on the toes. It's kept goaltenders guessing. Um, and right now, I mean, he, he holds the cards here because it's like 
it's it's as I said, it's it's a head shake and a shoulder shrug each night he pots a couple because um, it's just becoming so so much more routine for him. It's it's really quite remarkable. It's been mentioned a great deal about like he's shooting from distance and he's scoring from distance, and you know we, we traditionally think like here's this massive wind up slap shot. It just looks easy for him too. That's the thing. It, it, in in an era when everyone's working so hard to get pucks right to the front of the net and try those cross crease passes and the easy tap ins, and we see the numbers and how 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 improved your 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 shot is more likely to go in when you get the goalie moving. He's just like I'll I'll just blow it past the goalie. Right, and and you, know, you mentioned blow it past the goalie, and, and certainly he can overpower uh, a, a lot of netminders across the league. But even you know, I'll go back again to the the one timers. Mm-hmm. Um, if you slow down his his release there, and, and I asked him about it over over All Star Weekend, like you think of of an Alex Ovechkin or like a typical one timer where you know a, a guy's leaning into it with all he's got, and he's kind of coming through the puck as it as it comes across to him. He's almost like like cutting across the path of, of the pass that he's getting with his, his release from the shot, like his, his wrist kind of keep open instead of uh, rolling over. And I, I think that, that, that takes away a little bit of power, but not much. But I think for him, the, the, the big asset for it is just he's so much more accurate in knowing if I can get it off quick, if I can get it up in, into the higher third of, of the net where I want it to be, um, even if it's, you know, if it's 85 miles an hour instead of 95, it's going to get there quick enough before a goalie can get across and, and get set. It's just, it's, it's unreal. The, the work that he's put in and, and clearly, um, you know, it's, it's, it's all calculated in terms of knowing, okay, if I can get this away quickly, um, you know, it's, it's the goalie's going to have a tough time being able to get set and, and square to my, my shot again. And we see it on one timers. We see it on a strong side as a pass, you know, comes, comes across a, a seam there. And it's just like on a stick off, off a stick where most guys need to at least an extra half second to, to dust it off before shooting. Um, everything happens quick for them. And, and it's, it's so fast that the goalies don't have enough time to, to react. And just the natural velocity that he gets behind the, the shot to, to boot. Um, it's, it's all just such a, a handful for the whole league right now. I, I, I want to talk about the Eastern Conference here and kind of in two parts. One, the eight playoff teams as they stand right now. When you're trying to power rank this, it, it feels like it's close. And at the same time, I keep looking at Florida and they've, they've had this amazing surge here recently. They're the Eastern champions, obviously. And does it feel like the East still goes through them or is there another contender there? Yeah, it, it feels like that right now, but I, I mean, I'm always cautious to kind of, you know, draw your line in, in the sand, you know, at, at this point of the year and mm-hmm. say, you know, well, this is how the, the playoffs are likely going to shake out because we still haven't hit the deadline yet and there's still, you know, a third of the season more or less left to, to go and, and a lot can change. But uh, man, they, they sure do look good. Like, like, I mean, I think about uh, what made them so successful throughout their playoff run last year and um, they've been been doing it for for much of this season too, and like now Matthew Kachuk scoring again. He's been among the best uh, in terms of production since January first. Uh, so that's another element to consider when when you're trying to match up against the the Panthers. Bobrovsky's been great. Um, so so they're for right now uh, number one for for my money in in the East. Uh, I, I still got a lot of respect for what's Boston been able to do. Uh, I wonder about the the outdoor comeback for for the Rangers over last weekend. Um, how that's going to help springboard him uh, and, and get Igor Shosturkin, you know, kind of back in the uh, back in in his groove after you know some 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 outings, some statistics that we're not typically used to to seeing from him for 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 long stretches. Um, so that's that's kind of where where I'm at for for now. I still want like again, we'll see what the trade deadline brings. Like I, I like Carolina a lot. You know, are, are they going to find some some help in net? Um, you know, what does the next few weeks look like for for Don Waddell and and company there? But 
Um, I, I just think if if you're you're looking for for the top of the the pyramid at, at this juncture, you know you, you've got the the defending Eastern Conference champion that, that's looking even maybe a little bit better than they were last spring, and so it's it's tough to look past them right now in terms of you know who's been the most impressive uh, on the Eastern side of things. You look at the bubble too in the Eastern Conference, and 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 the games tonight. If they break a certain way, uh, a six point gap could open up between Detroit and everyone else. And if you're one of those teams that's everyone else, the Devils, Islanders, Capitals, Penguins, uh, is is tonight kind of like a break point to where if if it gets too much, it, it feels like we will have our solidified eight here pretty soon. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, you saw like just the the dejection on Pittsburgh's side of things, right, yeah. uh, losing to the Islanders in overtime the other night because of how critical that, that second point was was for them for, for all the reasons that, that you just mentioned. So, um, yeah, I, we're, we're starting starting to get, get there yet. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I'm quite ready yet to say, you know, this this is the, the breaking point here tonight, but but you mentioned, you know, a six-point gap is, is uh, not in, insignificant at, at this time of the year. So, you know, Detroit's got Colorado in town. Uh, they're trying to, you know, get rolling again them, themselves. Um, I mean, I think too. Like I, I was in Tampa earlier this week. Uh, they lost to, to Ottawa there on on Monday night. And man, it's like you've got Nikita Kucherov, who who could end up winning the Hart Trophy at the end of this season. You got Victor Hedman still playing, you know, incredibly, incredibly well uh, on the back end. Um, you know, Braden Point and Steven Stamkos. You know, a, a lot of the the familiar names from when they were making marches to the Stanley Cup final on a yearly basis. But man, it, it drops off in, in a big way after them. Obviously, the the Sergachev, uh, injury was a, a huge, huge blow to their lineup a, a couple of weeks ago. So I think they're in the first wild card spot right now in, in the East. But uh, man, I, I wonder how they they continue to navigate things over the next little while if they can you know keep themselves from from taking on too much water. I, I'm never one. To, to bet against that that organization, uh, spending a lot of time around them the last you know six seven years, um, but it's just you know, the the depth has taken such a hit from all those runs to to try to pursue a Stanley Cup, and, and they believe they can still be back in the mix here again, and, and I don't fault them for for feeling that way, but um, you know the, the depth can or lack of it can catch up to you for a while. So um, for for those that are on the outside looking in, you know I, I wonder if they kind of key in on on Tampa to say all right if we can just keep them with within striking distance. Um, you know, maybe there's a chance that they don't quite have the, the horses that they once did to, to get themselves into the, the top eight. It'll be really interesting to watch down the stretch. Uh, talking to Kyle Bukoskis, who joins us here from Sportsnet Hockey Night in Canada. As, as we get ready, too, for March 8th trade deadline, uh, the thing you need is is definition in the standings, too, as we talk about that Eastern Conference. Uh, do you predict we'll, we'll get something uh, rather interesting over the next couple of weeks here and, and, and what you try to proje- project what the deadline looks like? Yeah, it's it's going to be tricky because you know again we're kind of in this hopefully the the last year under the the flat cap where where money is is so tight and the ability to to make moves you know there isn't the same flexibility for for a lot of teams as as maybe there there had been uh, four or five years ago. So um, I I think again you know it seemed like last year the the East did a lot of the loading up. I think about you know what Boston did. You know Toronto added a, a number of of notable names and. Uh, you know the lightning swung the big deal for for Tanner Janot. Um I, I wonder if if you know those teams that are kind of in a similar spot here this year do they do they have you know a bunch of assets again to to give up to to make similar noise or does it swing back the other way now and 
you know, whether I know Vancouver's done done a lot of their their bigger deals uh, already, but you know, the rest of the teams in the conference, you know, be it Dallas, Colorado, do they you know try to shore up their net to, as well? Um, you know, maybe do the do the do the bulk of the trade deadline noise come from from the teams out out the west? That's kind of what's got me curious here over the next few weeks uh, before we hit to March eighth. Uh, he is uh, Kyle Bukowski. Actually, before we let you go, I, I love to get the yeah. the outside impression of uh, of people that are aren't in the uh, the daily grind as we are here in Vancouver, viewing this team, analyzing this team, just from an outside perspective. Like, what's your perception of of what the Canucks season has been? Uh, just just really really impressive, uh, and and so I, I totally understand that you know yeah because of it I. I, I don't see as as much uh, from from a week to week as as you guys do, but uh, I do try to keep my eye on them because you know, I of course being a, a Canadian team, and mm-hmm. it's been such a great story with with how they've they run with things. I just think it's a it's a it's a great test for them here now, uh, dropping three in a row for for the first time. And um, what was the line from? Rick Tockett there the other way that the, the heat's only going to get hotter. Yeah, something along those lines, which which I love. Like this is going like if you think it's just going to get easy again for for your group, it's it's not because now the games are going to mean more and and the pressure's going to ratchet up. But um, I I really like what what they've done and um, you know how the team's playing and, and it was a treat to watch them when they came through uh, you know Western Canada you know albeit much earlier in the season. But um, you know you could just get the sense then that. It was, this was not just a, a hot start. This that was that was going to fizzle, uh, and and it's been great to see what they've they've managed to do uh, from from that point onwards. So um, I'm, I'm I'm encouraged. Uh, I think from from what we've seen over the bulk of the year that uh, this this skid is is going to be going to be short lived. But um, you know, I'll be be intrigued to see how they go about handling it. Hey Kyle, we appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing you on Saturday night. Okay, looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. There he is, Kyle Bukowskis, uh, Sports Stats. Hockey Night in Canada, host and reporter. You'll see him on Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, good stuff there from Kyle, uh, one of the best. Campbell River Proud as well. Uh, all right, some text coming in here, 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Uh, this one from Brett, I think putting Baines on the top line with Besser and Miller. It's going to be a great move you watch. He's the one that's featured in that spot today. Uh, so Pew Suter slides down to uh Baines's spot, so they just swap the roles. Uh, I don't know. Very interesting spot to uh, see what happens. There's been all this, you know, push here in the last five weeks. Get R. Steve Baines up. Get R. Steve Baines up. And the thing I've wanted to see is, or not wanted to see rather, is is the yo-yoing of like he comes up, plays 11 minutes, goes back down. All right, sample a bit. If this is a one and done call up, this is a fantastic development for the organization that. He's ready to play full-time NHL games, and you're, you're, you're graduated past the AHL, and you're ready to play mainstay NHL games, and now you're climbing up the lineup as well. Uh, what is the pairing going to look like? We will find out tonight, but the hype is real in the inbox. Keep it coming, 650-650. On the other side, we'll chat about another team that uh, the hype is real. The results are realer, actually. Uh, they are unbelievable right now. Your Vancouver Giants uh, crushing things over at the Langley Event Center. Uh, we will talk to Barclay Parnetta on the other side from the Vancouver Giants, the general manager here on the People Show on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.
second half of the People Show, coming to you live from the Kintech studio. This hour, brought to you by Janpro, the leaders in commercial cleaning and janitorial. If your workplace demands a clean environment, contact Janpro for a free, no-obligation quote. Visit janpro.ca. We dial up the Dispatch Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Hotline. The first call, the only call to the People's GM here on the People's Show. It is Barclay Parnetta from your Vancouver Giants. Bark, how are you? Good. I'm really good. Uh, I imagine so. Uh, Ten and two in the last stretch here. It, it, it's all coming up right now, Vancouver Giants. Yeah, it is. You know what? The, the coaching staff has done a great job at putting this all together. The kids are all buying in. It, it's it's going well. We're getting some good goaltending. So, uh, you know, saving off injuries for the most part, and, and that's sort of what's brought this all back together, I believe. When when we spoke to you, you know, early parts in the season, it would be, you know, one up, one down, two up, two down, and it was, you know, 500, but not a stretch like this. You had a certain confidence that, like, hey, like we're staying steady with it, and it'll turn around at some point, and 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 belief in the system. Where does that all start from? Well, I, I mean, I, I think that we knew we had the makings of a good team. I think the injuries set us back. That mm-hmm. was a big thing. Losing a first round NHL draft pick, Sam Honzik, for such a long period of time at an unexpected period of time, really hurt. So we just sort of wanted to stay the course and assess where it was going and you know the, the some of the ads that we made whether they were an energy role player or whether they were like other guys that can contribute scoring that sort of we sort of picked and choose what we thought we could uh make our group better with and, and like i said it, it's coming together right now it's still a ways to go here but uh, i certainly like the way the team's playing and, and it's a more mature team now on the ice and it's pretty evident now if we're you know up by a goal or down by a goal we're still in the games whereas maybe in october that a younger group uh, you know what it was really hard for us to hold that lead or to come back from one a lead or from a lot being behind uh you were quick to uh, mention the coaching staff too i, I imagine you're, you're just thrilled with, with all the bodies coming back and uh, finally a, f- a fully healthy lineup and Imagine you're happy just for, for, for the coaching staff to implement what they want to do with the full roster and everyone's slotted in the right spots too. Absolutely. And you know what? I also, you know, I, I have to point out Paul Fricker, the goalie coach, and mm-hmm. the work he's done with Brett. Like Brett had, you know, he's been the, the goalie of the week here a couple times in a row. He's, he's really starting to garner interest now too at the next level and, and, and playing with a really strong confidence. So it really starts from the net out. But yeah, with the coaches, they, they, a little bit older players we have, a lot of guys that, that were quite affluent scorers at, at younger ages, so that sort of uh, benefits our, our group as well when that skill set is, is quite high. So your phone's burning up on uh, Mirwald there? Well, you know what? Honestly, I, there are teams that are starting to certainly poke around and, and talk about him at, at the pro level, about, you know, what, what is he and how's he doing. And i got to give this kid a ton of credit because really when he joined our organization – there's no guarantees. There's no promises that even make our team that year. And he came and not once did he ever come knock on my door or say, Hey, Barks, what's going on with me? You know, I'm older. I want to know if I'm playing. He just persevered through everything, worked hard, had a great attitude and, and got better and better. And, you know, so he, what, there's people like that that tend to succeed more than the ones that are worried about who they're playing with or what's going on exactly. They, they sort of find their own space by pushing themselves into it, and that's what Brad has done. Now, he, he's had some some big games here, you know, 35-plus saves, victories and everything, uh, but the team's, you know, scoring a bunch here recently. Six against Spokane, seven against Wenatchee, uh, seven against Victoria, so it, it, it's all starting to come together too. Man, you're doing your homework. That's good. Yeah, it is. Oh, it well, is. You know what? Keep We're winning. Keep winning. We'll do the homework. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's right. Yeah, I guess it's a lot easier, right? Everything's better. But no, absolutely. The puck is going to the net more. But the structure, the play, the systems are all sort of uh, coming to bet together better as well. And that's really what's allowing that. And obviously the attention to detail in the, in the defensive zone. You know, if you can't if you play defensive zone, you're not going to be able to get up ice. And, and we're playing more time in the other team's end now. Earlier in the year, we're playing more time in our own end. And, and that's, you know, our defensemen have done a really good job of getting pucks up and our forwards are back to support and get it out. So that's been a big improvement as well. Face-offs as well. That's a huge thing that uh, impacted our games more than I ever would have imagined. Uh, we got two or three really good face-off guys now, Jaden He's the best in the league, actually. So it really helps, but he has a little more support because there's a, other people that can do that job as well. The the, the run here recently, um, we we spoke to Manny like right after I think the Everett game, and and we just kind of talked about you know, when you beat the big teams, so, you know Prince George and and Everett there, and you start getting that 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 momentum, and now we see this run of five six games here. You know, the the confidence it gains from beating the big teams. What do you guys get out of that? Well, absolutely. It, it shows the belief in the kids that they can do this. You know, we, we split with Portland, who also are a very good team mm-hmm. the, the weekend after that. And, and you want to measure yourself against the best teams. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to be – you want to beat those teams so that going into the playoffs, it doesn't matter who you're facing, that the kids have the confidence, hey, we can do this. You know, whatever series, like, if we don't win the one game, guess what? We're going to come back and win another game. It's not sort of a defeat where you're like, okay, we have no chance. We're not going to be in this. And I think that's what – we gain from beating those teams right now is say, Hey, we can do this. Uh, six in a row too on home ice. Uh, that's a big one. So uh, fans that are going by the LEC are definitely getting rewarded as well. Yeah, that's right. And then, and then big SpongeBob night on Saturday night, they can see our SpongeBob uniforms. I love the SpongeBob and Patrick and Squidworth, but it's SpongeBob will be the unis. You wearing the uh, square pants? That's right. I like the square pants. I never quite got it. I took me a while to figure out that he's a square sponge, and that's why he's called square pants. Certainly. Uh, are, do you have like a yellow suit or anything like that? What, what what's the the uh, get up no, for you? No, I don't. No, no. But when my daughter was growing up, I actually was able to catch a lot of the SpongeBob, SpongeBob sure. cartoons, and they're kind of entertaining. Uh, again, VancouverGiants.com uh, and uh, to, to, to grab your tickets slash tickets as well. Uh, a couple more minutes here with Barclay Parnetta. Uh, you, you mentioned the goaltending, and we focus on, on some of the high-profile players as well. But the, the depth, as, as you mentioned, has really started coming together, and, and they're contributing too. Yeah, yeah. You know, guys like London Holyad, who we picked up, he, he's a really fun player to watch. And Marinkovic and our young kids are, are are spreading out some scoring as well. And that's the other thing. Our scoring's coming from, you know, all our different lines. Mm-hmm. It's just not necessarily in all our eggs aren't in one basket. And, and that also helps when you have, you know, four or five or six different scores in a game. That's always great. The Levis uh, player from Kamloops has been, uh, you know, he's been tremendous and he's putting up numbers. And, you know, he's a drafted player and he's showing the experience that he had from being in the Memorial Cups with a Memorial Cup with Kamloops and, and just sort of how he conducts himself every day really good kid and a really great sort of leader for our younger guys uh well it's uh cam loops on saturday night uh what do you expect from them well look they're they're, they're they've been playing well as of late so they're a team that uh you know what uh even though they're lower in the standings they're any given night any team in our division can win so we we need to be prepared we can't take them lightly and we have to be prepared to to face a a a team that's going to fight hard, and actually they've been putting up some decent numbers as well as far as scoring. So I think it'll be an exciting game. Uh, there's like a Baker's Dozens uh, left here, 12, 13 games left. Uh, what do you want to see from the group uh, in, in, in the final stretch here in the season? 
obviously maintain the same sort of uh, momentum that we have, uh, details-oriented, and, and continue to execute the systems that the coaches are sort of implementing and and, and stay on point. You know, it's old uh, uh, do-your-job situation mm-hmm. where make sure everybody's doing where they're supposed to be and then playing as a, as a unit and connected, and that's when the games, the good games happen is when you're all connected and people are in the right spots and supporting each other. Uh, eight one and one in the last ten. They are on a roll, uh, making their way through the play, or getting ready for the playoffs. So, getting ready for uh, some playoff action over at the LEC. And again, as he mentioned, uh, it is SpongeBob SquarePants night uh, this weekend. So, take the family out uh, to the LEC. Barclay, we always appreciate it. No, thanks. Yeah, come on out. It's a it's a fun place to be right now. A lot of people in the building, and uh, the atmosphere is really loud. So, uh, you know, get get. Certainly, if SpongeBob can't get you out, hopefully some of our players can. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, we appreciate it as always. All right. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. There he is, Barclay Parnetta, joining us here on The People's Show, The People's GM from your Vancouver Giants again, who haven't lost on home ice since uh, the 29th of December. Uh, six games in that run now. So uh, head over to the LEC, VancouverGiants.com slash tickets. Uh, you can be there for uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. Night. You guys, uh, SpongeBob guys behind the glass there? Victor? Elon? Back in the day. Back in the day. Can't say I am, no. No. You, what about you, Vic? No, it's, I mean, SpongeBob is a fairly new thing, isn't it? it it's, it's SpongeBob like it? a predominantly like kids show. I have no context for this. 100%. But, but I see a lot of like adults making references to it. I, I don't know if they're because they have kids or whatnot, but like, is it. Only for like thirteen and below, or is it a certain age range? I don't know. Maybe I'm out of touch. I thought it yeah. was just for kids. Okay, I, 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 I don't know. I'm asking you guys. Yeah, I think if you're trying to compare it to Family Guy or The Simpsons, then no, it's not. No, like okay, that at all. it has no con. Okay, all right. I, I, I guess because it's on Nickelodeon, you got to be a certain age. Uh, SpongeBob started in the '90s. Really? I had no idea. Yeah, it's are, an old show. Are they still making new episodes? Is it I still no like idea. a new show? I'm not 12 years old. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. know. I was never a SpongeBob, uh, SpongeBob guy. I was a uh, Ghostbusters guy. I was, uh, That's before my time. Yeah, uh, I, I was. I was. Uh, yeah, Ghostbusters and uh, what? Else? Oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like classic Ninja Turtles, not the whatever version it is now. Have you seen the SpongeBob jerseys that the Giants are going to wear? Uh, just like fleeting images of it, not uh, full cuts here. I I think they're quite creative. Um, I'll I'll, I'll bring it up here. A lot of Jersey talk here recently in the, in, in, in the city with the uh, um, Whitecaps coming up with their 50th uh, year jerseys as well, uh, which were pretty sharp. Yeah, clean. They they looked a little LA Galaxy, LAFC mm-hmm. adjacent, uh, but really sharp, I thought, for, for a mini anniversary um, jersey kit. Looks pretty good. Oh, I see these. Yeah. The, I, I did see these. Really sharp for the uh, SpongeBob jerseys. Are they better than the Referee Appreciation Night jerseys? Only because there's more personality. Yeah. But fantastic night, the Referee Appreciation Night. Very unique. Night. Yes, very different. And uh, SpongeBob Night, I love it. Uh, but yeah, I, I wasn't, uh, didn't grow up on SpongeBob. Uh, Dragon Ball Z coming in. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z and then Squidward is uh, more relatable now. That one's coming in for Rager. Uh, it, it, it's a kid show, but people 25 to 35 are starting to get a lot. Yeah. All, all the adult references and jokes uh, 
you, you learn them once you get to a certain age. Uh, all right. So game day for your Vancouver Canucks as well. I wanted to bring this up. So it's it's Lindholm coming off the power play. Looked like Ronick uh, getting the bump up. And the, the big question right now is, like, what's the issue with the power play? Why isn't it converting? The, mired in this 1-24 stretch right now. And they were having so much success at the beginning of the year. And I, I just kind of wanted to break down the the big four, right? Besser, Patterson, Miller, Hughes. We've seen other guys sub in, sub out. What, what, what's working in – or what worked in the first 49 games and why isn't working here in the last nine games – Yes, you know, Lindholm comes in, you have to make a couple of adjustments, but is is anything in particular really standing out about their, their underlying numbers and just things in general? And I was kind of just taking a look at their their per hour numbers, per 60 numbers of how often they're getting shots on goal and how many times they're actually even attempting shots. What's the big complaint right now? Shoot it, shoot it more. So many passes, all right? So if we break it down... By rate stats, how how, how much more is are, are are they not shooting? How big is the gap? And as it turns out, the three forwards are attempting way more shots than they were previously. Attempting, are they getting it through? Are they getting it on net? Well, Brock Besser and Elias Pettersson aren't getting it through. Their the shots are getting blocked. Their shots are missing the net significantly more. We're talking about like eighteen to twenty two percent drop from where we were in the first 49 games or the last nine games. Now, structurally, what does that mean? Probably just need more than a nine-game sample and a 30-minute sample of, of what that will break down to. But the big one for me of what's really stood out, and by the way, through this stretch here, JT Miller's getting his shot through uh, significantly better in this last little stretch, up like 25%, 28%. The big one, though, is Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes is taking less attempts. He's got one shot on goal in these last nine games. And obviously, the, it's not going through. So his his actually shots through percentage is plummeting. That's the big one to me. Like who handles the puck the most on the power play? It's Quinn Hughes. Vic, do you think it's Quinn's aggressiveness to get pucks on net? Like we saw in the beginning of the season... Every time he got the puck on the power play, he's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to try and score. And we mm-hmm. saw it, you know, we saw it translate to goals. You think it's him being less aggressive on the shots? No, I, because I, I, he still handles the puck so much, right? And I imagine, like, once you get into your head for a season, I'm going to shoot the puck a lot more. And in the first 49 games, he shot the puck as much as JT Miller did on the power play. It's 23.7 to 23.5. That's the gap. And Miller was sitting there third amongst the team. Pedersen led the way 26.6. This is per hour, uh, 25.3 for Brock Besser. So Quinn was fourth, but it wasn't a big gap. Right now in these last nine games, there's a sizable gap between Quinn Hughes and Brock Besser, who's third amongst the team. In the last little bit here, 30.8 shots per hour for Brock Besser, 17.8 for Quinn Hughes. And when when you're looking at, at moments when it gets static – and it's like, oh, they're passing along the outside, passing along the outside. Well, who's the who's the center of all that? It, it, it's Quinn Hughes right now. And, look, he's still getting some points here and there, not necessarily on the power play. But for me, this is the big one. Quinn Hughes has just got to start shooting the puck more. It, it, it's not even just about the power play shoot the puck more. Quinn Hughes has to start shooting the puck more. And 
when you think about the Lindholm goals on the power play against Carolina in front of the net, like the the traffic and the screens and the tips and the deflections feel like for me right now have to come from Quinn Hughes. It, it's it's dropped his his overall shooting goals everything here in the last nine games post All Star game break. The rates are down. And that that is a big issue. Now, if Frona comes in there and the unit overall starts shooting more, because that's that's Philip Peronic's value. Plant me in a spot, set me up, hundred mile an hour bomb coming your way, get out of the way or eat one. That's the spot he's gonna be in. Six fifty, six fifty. Uh teams have figured out Quinn on the power play. That's the other element. Is he being less aggressive or are teams more aggressive on Quinn Hughes? It's a good text in the inbox. Mom, you know, I, I you have a worry about this. of it, it hasn't worked, but great players will figure it out. Quinn Hughes is a fantastic player. He'll figure this out. But right now, that to me is the biggest issue. Spacing, obviously a big one. How do you get JT Miller the puck? Big one. But the, the Vancouver Canucks need Quinn Hughes to get back to shooting the puck at a severely higher rate to get that power play uh, back out of its funk and back where it should be amongst the league elite. 650-650. Um, no more uh, – no, that's, that's the wrong text. Uh, no more super on the power play. That's why it's not as good. Suter? Suter on the power play? Uh, 650-650 again, uh, this one. Uh, I think the power play has has to get a bit more creative. Utilize the bumper, quick pass shot plays. Uh, the eye test was showing that they really struggled against aggressive penalty killers prior to this power play slump. They haven't really even gotten the puck into that bumper spot, right? It, it, it's the fascinating part of that Lindholm trade. The two right-handers, and now you have to figure out a way to get them the puck, and you need a lefty down low. Pedersen's not really going to go down low. Hughes isn't really going to go down low. So it's got to be JT Miller, and they're still trying to figure that part of it all out. And if the power play takes a dip here, and if Lindholm's not even going to be on the power play, what if there's a scenario here? It was a high high price to pay, but what if this, like, this is the first miss the regime has had? Not that he's not a credible player. He's like, he's a real top six player. And it was it was worth bringing in because you needed another body, but but what if you didn't solve the problem that you needed to solve? You you get a benefit, but it's not the benefit you wanted. We 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 talked about this of hey they have to solve getting a winger for Elias Pettersson. However, it happens you get someone as a second line center, lotto line stays together, or you get a, a winger for Elias Pettersson, and, and there's his running mate. And five on five, they're doing their job. But if, if Lindholm's coming off that power play, it's a bit of an issue. Right, but did they really get Lindholm to boost the power play? I don't think so. No, but if, if you went to go solve one problem of, hey, we're better five-on-five five with Elias Patterson now, and you've created another problem, you just paid a rather sizable amount to lose Andre Kuzmenko on your power play. To, to lose like a, a, a real like steady guy on the power play. And Lindholm will be back there. This Hronik thing is not a long-term solution. Yeah, it's, but I just think they already have the guys for the power play. They're just in a little slump. We'll see tonight if the you know talk it had to make a change. Will it do anything? But they have the guys to get over the slump here. Well, they got four of the guys. Right? Like the, the four mainstays. It's it, it's been Brock, it's been Petey, it's been Miller, it's Hughes. Those are the guys that lead the way for 
for for, uh, for this team. Like we, we we've seen guys feature in there because Manko's gone in there, Suter's gone in there, a couple of guys go in and they end up going out. Heronic, obviously. But the four mainstays, I, I'd like to see a, a true five come playoff time and have it be Lindholm. That's the guy they went out and acquired. If there's another top six acquisition here, okay, maybe that person features in. But, yeah, right now, you're, you're right. It's very much on those four guys to figure it out. It's not as if they're not qualified to do it. Right. If you told me I had those four guys on my power play. <laughs> You'd expect to have a top Technically, seven. the fifth doesn't really matter. If you have those four guys firing on all, on all cylinders, sure, it'd be it, it would just be nice. It's to a have plug a and play. Yeah, it, it's a plug and play. But look, the, the best uh, power plays are going to feature all five guys, right? It, it's the chemistry of it all that has to come together. Uh, but if if Lindholm, you know, doesn't fit right away on the power play, it would still be a worthwhile trade. But we kept asking, we kept asking the the idea of. When will this group miss on a transaction? Because the, their misses have been really small, and their hits have been really big. But is is there a p- potential where it's this is the first one where the the benefit that they wanted didn't materialize? And while they've been good five on five, they need to finish five on five significantly more with Lindholm and Pedersen together. Yeah, and Bick, that kind of comes back to our discussion at the top of the hour where, like, this is a big game mm-hmm. tonight. Yeah, they're playing the Kraken, but you've dropped three in a row. The power play's struggling. You know, let's see what they got tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a it, it's a huge one. Huge one. Uh, and a chance to uh, open up some space. If, if we're doing some uh, scoreboard watching here, too, uh, this evening, mentioned it a bit with Kyle of how in the East – if, if the, the schedule breaks right tonight. So here's the situation. Detroit's sitting there at 64 points, 55 games. They got a four-point gap on New Jersey, the Islanders, who are at 60, also on even games played. Washington's at 58 with one game less. Pittsburgh's at 56 with two games less than Detroit in the wildcard spot. But there is a scenario where if Detroit wins, they're playing at home versus Colorado. The Devils win. They're playing at home versus, or the Devils lose. They're playing at home versus the Rangers. Uh, you throw in Pittsburgh there. They're playing Montreal at home, uh, and you throw in the Blues who are playing the Islanders. If you're scoreboard watching, the East could get really solidified real fast here. And let's say that the Blues win that spot. The Blues are really looking good then for uh, the wild card. Nashville, I still feel like they're going to fade out at some point. But if the Blues can get back on track tonight, and then you throw in Nashville-LA tonight, it, it, it's a very interesting out-of-town scoreboard. Obviously, I is going to be on Canucks and Kraken tonight. But even uh, out-of-town, they, they, there's a massive one. The Kings win and the Preds lose, you can get some separation there in that wild card spot as well. Uh, the Canucks don't have to worry about the wild cards. It's just about who you're going to be playing. But they got to get back on track. Three in a row, back in that spot where Edmonton, they win their games in hand. It's going to be tight with uh, Vancouver, but still got to win those games in hand. All right, I'm out of here uh, for a little bit. Actually, I think I'm coming back on Canuck Central, aren't I? Yeah, it's Thursday. I'll be sticking around for the next half hour with uh, Sat and Dan, uh, but then I'll be back this evening on the intermissions and the post-game show where you can get involved as well, 650-650, into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox and on the phone line, 604-280-0650. Myself and Sat till 1130 tonight. All right. Good stuff in the inbox. Good competing. Good work behind the glass. Elon and Victor. Uh, Canucks Central on the way here on the home of the Canucks. Sportsnet 650.